Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. With a compact footprint, variety of unit options, and seamless system management, city multi-variable refrigerant flow zoning systems from Mitsubishi Electric Train, HVAC US are a one-stop solution for modular projects. With efficient operation and the ability to connect to commercial ventilation equipment, third-party systems, and comprehensive control solutions, City Multi VRF can help you meet energy and performance goals on your next project. From off-site development to on-site assembly, you can trust our manufacturer-level support to guide you from system selection to design to startup, no matter the application. To learn more about our offerings, visit MitsubishiPro.com. Welcome everyone, my name is John McMullen, and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today I'm talking with Jin Uk Choi, Assistant Professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Dr. Choi is here to talk about his research into the off-site construction industry and some of the best practices he's identified. Dr. Choi, welcome. Hello, John. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you very much. I think this is my first uh, professor on the show, so I'm excited. I'm very excited too. <laughs> so uh, tell me about yourself, Dr. Choi. What's your background and, and what led to your interest in industrialized and off-site construction? All right, yeah, as you introduced, uh, I'm a assistant professor here at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I hold master and PhD degree in civil and architectural and environmental engineering from the University of Texas at Austin in the area of construction engineering and project management. My research interests include uh, molar construction, automation, uh, diversity in the construction workforce, sanitation strategies, and innovative technologies in, in the construction industry. I first learned molar construction approach in 2011 when I took a value management process course from Dr. James O'Connor while obtaining a master degree from the University of Texas at Austin as an approach to improve the constructability and efficiency of capital projects. That was the beginning of my journey on molar construction. I had no plan to continue my study at that time, but I was so fascinated with the course and the topic, and I decided to pursue a PhD under Dr. Kohner and study molar construction. And during that studies, I have participated in the uh, Construction Industry Institute's modernization research team as a graduate research assistant, assisted uh, with the execution of a research project on research review, benchmarking analysis, case studies, interviews, and identifying the latest strategic innovations found in other industry sectors on modernization. So this experience gave me an opportunity to learn a lot about modernization from the subject matter expert. And this experience, uh, from this experience, I saw the gap in the body of knowledge. And thus I wrote a, a doctoral dissertation on modernization, investigating links between modernization critical success factors and project performance in modular projects, which was, uh, I was able to publish high quality journal papers and dissertation from my research which led me to my current position at UNLV. <laughs> Since then, I have set my long-term career goal of creating an optimal environment for broader and more effective use of modernization. And I'm currently working on it to achieve this goal and will continue to do so in my career. 
So um, my interest in molar construction started from the industrial sectors like uh, molar plants and facilities. But uh, if you look at my portfolio, I have already expanded my research area to both uh, buildings and uh, infrastructure sectors. So, I, and now I have published many papers on those uh, uh, area in, in molar buildings and industrial construction. You've been uh, very prolific and I wanna get back to those papers in just a second. Um, but you mentioned your, your role at UNLV. Can you tell me some more uh, about that? Are you actively teaching as you research or, or does one take more precedence over the other? Yes, uh, uh, both teaching and research are important to me. Uh, I consider them very seriously and I actively teach as I conduct my research. My current time contribution of activities is like about uh, teaching 35%, research 40%, and service, which includes about 25%. Okay. Uh, to, yeah, to give you an idea, I teach three courses per year and uh, the courses I teach include molar construction. And uh, as part of my teaching duties, I have also fund and supervised students. And since 2016, I have supervised uh, six graduate students and one graduate uh, student. Uh, since then, I also have secured approximately like 3.5 billion from existing funding agencies such as NSF, CI, uh, DOE, Tesla, etc. And uh, assistant professor rarely secures funding from these uh, various existing funding agencies in my discipline. So, uh, I'm particularly securing a project from CI Consulting Institute as a PI was very honorable, and. In terms of publication, I have published like 28 articles in different journals. Most of them are in uh, top journal uh, in my area and 21 articles in different uh, conference proceedings and 24 technical reports, articles and tools. And most recently I have finished, uh, uh, I finished writing a book with my colleague on molarization on industrial projects. And I expect oh. that book to be published <laughs> this summer. Thank you. Excellent. And in the next, yeah, in the next five years, I aim to uh, work on another book on molarization for molar buildings. That's my plan. <laughs> You're a busy guy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, so what goes into planning a research project? You said you publish all these papers and you spend 40% of your time doing that. How do you, how do you decide on the topic? How does that process work? John, it's a very interesting question. Uh, my simple answer is it depends. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the, the research uh, follows the money and the industry needs, of course. Uh, my recent uh, pro research, research proposal were developed based on the funding agencies like call for proposals or a research topic statement. For example, like CI search for an academic who could lead the research team to develop a business case analysis model for industrial molar projects. And like uh, Department of Energy also had recently a call on uh, identifying innovative method, which includes molar construction method for small molar nuclear power plants, which is uh, a good example. But uh, uh, there are also research projects on molar construction that I totally propose from scratch. In this case, I see the gap in the body of knowledge and the needs from the industry by reading the articles and presentation from the industry. For example, MBI's upcoming World of Modeler. Mm -hmm. and, and I try to uh, fill the gap and develop the tools and find new knowledge so that my research can help the industry. 
So for example, I, re uh, I read the article from Molyar Advantage in 2021 entitled The Growth of Remote Virtual Inspections by Ryan Cocker, which was very interesting. And with my colleague, uh, the professor Sang Lee at the University of Michigan, we are currently developing a new method uh, of remote uh, virtual inspection using blockchain, LiDAR, and photogrammetry technology that can help the industry uh, to adopt more remote virtual inspections. So as it can be uh, spoiler, <laughs> so I will stop here, but we hope to secure a grant from funding agencies uh, like NSF or Molyar companies uh, to help us to test uh, and validate our prototype. So as we've, as we've said, you're a very busy guy and you've written a lot. So I, I was wondering if we could dive in to one of your recent papers. Um, it was called the Innovative Technologies and Management Approaches for Facility Design, Standardization and Modularization of Capital Projects. In that paper, and I'm not going to say I read every word of it because a little bit was over my head, <laughs> but I think I got the gist of it. You identified a variety of technologies and approaches uh, that are likely to have a high impact on modular construction in the next five years. And I was wondering if it was okay if I asked you about a few of them. No, not at all. Please ask. Okay. So standardization. Uh, what exactly do you mean by this? Is this standardization in a factory or, or is it more than that? It is more than that. Uh, we define standardization as the development and the use of consistent design and practices to align project stakeholders, objectives, and scope to capture and optimize schedule and uh, cost or value. Uh, the top um, five most important and impactful advantages of standardization includes uh, design ones reuse multiple times, design and procurement in advance, accelerate uh, response to scheduled needs, learning curve benefits in fabrication, and uh, learning curve benefits in uh, module installation and site construction. So I can talk about standardization for a whole day. <laughs> I conducted many studies on this topic, including like economics, uh, critical society factors, business model, et cetera. However, as today's topic is molar construction, I will say before future interviews. Well, that's all right. That's all right. Um, so uh, the next one on my list was uh, mobile user interface devices. Uh, can you give me some examples of the devices you're talking about and, and how do they help? Yeah, the, the, many of the contractors are already using uh, such device for efficient and efficiency improvement, like uh, mobile uh, user interface devices include like mobile phones, like laptops, tablets okay. uh, that communicate as a wireless system. And these devices can uh, display record information in appropriate format as visual reference. Um, uh, in particular, particularly our contractors uh, rate them high. So I, I already know that, yeah, yeah, it's a, we already use them often these days. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, Real-time field reporting. What's the advantage of this? Oh, yes. Uh, Real-time uh, field reporting uh, model uses a uh, real-time field reporting device uh, criteria sheets, which include devices used, uh, component use, detail scores, and relevant notes. And it is definitely beneficial for updating, revising, and managing changes. And performance can be measured, monitored, and reported against the baseline schedule in real time. And, and it helps to mitigate the, the risk and delays. So definitely uh, there is a great advantage of using the real time uh, field reporting. Okay, 
Uh, last one on my list, uh, I get, but I, I was, I'm hoping to get your take on it. It's stakeholder engagement and alignment. And we've had several guests on here uh, talking about how important that is, but I was wondering if I could get your academic take on the importance of that. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, given any organizational or contractual discontinuities at a transition from one place to another, results in lack of continuity in the area of strategic and planning and stakeholder engagement and risk management, among other areas. And social efforts are needed to ensure continuity from one phase to the next, particularly with respect to all modules decisions uh, taken. And to achieve uh, the stakeholders engagement and alignment, I'd like to highlight the importance of the owner's role. The owner uh, should get a module and uh, construction expert involved to help define drivers and ensure alignment. And the owner should ensure continuity from one phase to uh, the next and from one contractor to the next. Uh, no other uh, entity can play uh, that critical role and the owner will be effective in this role only if the owner is knowledgeable about all the progress achieved and critical decisions uh, taken to take. So effective alignment with uh, all key stakeholders and timely sign off on scoping documents will help in, uh, the timely design freeze, which is one of the critical success factors for modernization. And so you mentioned critical success, uh, success, success factors. There we go. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about that with my next question. What, what critical success factors should the industry being, uh, be paying attention to? Yeah, there are uh, many critical success factors for older construction that the industry should be paying attention to, such as understanding modular envelope limitations, alignment on drivers, timely design freeze, modular fabricator and or contractors uh, leaderships and uh, capabilities, heavy lift and site transport uh, capabilities, vendor involvement and others. Have you had any um of your offsite research findings, have any of the findings that you've had surprised you? Uh, and can you tell me about you know any unexpected findings you may have had? Uh, well, uh, there are many interesting findings. Um, among many, I'd like to pick uh, how the experience leading molar uh, companies um, uh, consider improved predictability or electricity or liability or less variety. There are many different words uh, of that benefit. Uh, from my case studies and interviews, the experienced uh, leading companies not only implement more critical success factors and innovative technologies, but they also weigh more on uh, molar construction's advantage on improved predictability during their, their business case analysis. So even after considering the scheduled benefits of molar construction, these leading companies uh, uh, experienced uh, improved predictability for molar projects compared to traditional uh, stick build projects. So I see uh, that some more projects they, they get delayed in, uh, in these days, but uh, more, uh, molar construction are still a way more reliable and predictable, not only on schedule, but also on quality, cost, and safety. Uh, looking back on the research you've done and looking ahead to some of your upcoming projects, you listed a few at the, at the top of the episode. What, what fascinates you still about the offsite industry? 
Yeah, I would say there's a great opportunity to grow in the market and the potential to be far more productive. And uh, for me as a researcher, that means also there are lots of rooms to uh, conduct more research. Uh, most of my uh, most of the current molar factories in the U.S. are limited to static. Uh, the module is just manufactured in one position, and all the materials and personnel are brought into the module or uh, the semi-automated line production. So I strongly believe the offsite industry needs to ship more volumetric uh, modular and implement industrial construction method with automation to meet the growing uh, demand. And, if it, and enhance efficiency. As industrial robots are getting cheaper every year and the capital investment costs to set uh, molar factories uh, will become lower and the uh, economic of scales will be accomplished, which will lead to not only molar factories higher profit margins, but also cheaper total install, install costs. So there are so many new technologies, processes, and a method to develop and test in terms of pushing the envelope in automation. That fascinates me, me about the off-site construction, uh, off-site industry. And I look forward to working with uh, more companies in the future. Uh, this sort of segue into my next question. Given all the, the data that you've collected and reviewed, what's the biggest thing modular manufacturers and builders need to know to be successful? What, what's the big takeaway so far? Yeah. Um, the understanding the differences uh, in planning and execution for molar construction compared to the uh, traditional stick build approach is the big, biggest uh, success factor. I, I, it sounds simple and obvious, but uh, there are uh, so many things that needs to be planned and executed differently. And many failed uh, molar projects show that they have failed to execute uh, differently or implement the critical success factors that I have mentioned. So if I and if I may, I, and I would like to also add one more: uh, the the industry lacks innovation and uh, industry academia collaboration, which is also <laughs> uh, I think uh, one of the the factor we need. Uh, there are many new innovative technologies such as AI, um, blockchain, uh, digital twins, uh, virtual inspection that I just uh, mentioned before. And approaches like uh, integrated project delivery, advanced work packaging, or globalization, etc., um, evolving that can help the molar uh, construction industry. But I don't see that many um, studies or efforts. So I hope molar uh, manufacturers and builders put more efforts, uh, which uh, means like invest more money and staff to enhance the business effectiveness and sustainability of the molar projects. Well, I would love to talk to you at some other date. Maybe we can uh, uh, find a quiet corner in the world of modular, but how blockchain can be used to further modular construction, I think that would be fascinating to hear more about. Um, and speaking of world of modular, you're going to be speaking there in April, um, which I'm very excited about. Can you tell me a little bit about your presentation and what can attendees hope to learn? Yes, uh, in my presentation uh, at the upcoming World of Modular, I will present the results I obtained from our uh, UNLB's own uh, Solar Decathlon project named uh, Mojave Bloom, which is a net zero modular house, which won uh, third place overall uh, in the Department of Energy Solar Decathlon uh, design build competition in 2021. 
Um, and my presentation will focus on the results I have obtained on the innovative technology and approaches. And the, we'll uh, present some success and uh, the failures. <laughs> In particular, uh, the companies uh, barely share uh, their failures, but only highlight their success stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I can. Uh, and as this was a, a student project, we had numerous failures and lessons that, that uh, many new or unexperienced molar companies might experience. So these stories will entertain the participants. So please come and join my presentation. Excellent. I think, I think the most learning comes through failure. At least that's what I've been told. So um, I'm excited to see your presentation. Thanks for coming. And thanks for joining me here today on Inside Modular. I really appreciate your time, Dr. Choi. Thank you, John. Much appreciated. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.